0: Jarofsky Show, Benny J bonus interview is brought to you in part by the International Association of Machinists and Aerospace Workers Local 126 in District 8, the International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers Local 9, the International Union of Operating Engineers Local 150, and the Chicago Federation of Labor.
1: Benny J, take it away. Will do. It is, (laughs) as I speak, Thursday, November 14th, but it's a podcast, so Lord knows when you're listening to this. Correct. Uh, Thank you, Robert Mueller. Uh, As I always do, I ask my distinguished guests to introduce him or herself. So distinguished guest, introduce
0: yourself. Hello, Ben. I'm Dave Roeder, business and labor writer for the Chicago Sun-Times. Uh, been at uh, this work for, uh, for for quite a while in this town now. It's good to be here. Uh, and uh, I invite people to check out not only my daily coverage on the Sun-Times, but my Monday... Chicago Enterprise column dealing with issues on growth and development in the city.
1: David Roter, and Renette, we're calling this the Roter Report. How Hi. about that, Dee, huh? Yes, we are. Get a load of this, Dave. It's time for the Rotor Report. <laughs> wow. Well, some, somewhere Susanna Mendoza's going, hey, wait a minute, buddy. Because we did the Mendoza Report for me. Hey, Susanna, we still have the Mendoza Report, so calm down. Uh, David Rotor is the hardest working. That's
0: amazing. Thanks for your... Thank yeah, very much. cool. Yeah, Same.
1: for sure. Come on. That's why we pay him all that money. Uh, a, a David Rotor is the hardest working man at the Chicago Sun-Times. Uh, Dennis and I like to joke about when we're walking out of the building, he's hard at work on a phone. He's got like 50 computer screens in front of him and i'm like yelling hey rotor wake up and he's like oh, shut up I'm, I'm doing this that and the other thing so i've been bugging dave to come on the show i've been uh, dutifully writing down various articles that i want to talk to him about because we share an interest a passion or an obsession about development deals in the city of chicago and of course labor news i'm just going to let this one out of the bag uh in between his stints here at the sun times uh, dave worked for the union that uh I'm a member of, yes, sir, and the newspaper guild, and he uh, sat next to me uh, in many a uh, negotiating sessions uh, with mm-hmm. the old Sun Times management. Yes, the old group. Uh, yes, yeah, the sir. old group, which we won't mention because yes. <laughs> they're gone yeah. from the building. So uh, anyway, so he wears several hats at the Sun Times: a labor reporter, and uh, he covers planning and development issues. All right, uh, today's story. Uh, Let's start with today's story. I got a whole list of stories that I want to talk to you about. This is a fascinating little tale about Uber and the mayor uh, having a little uh, dust up over uh, proposals to tax ride-sharing. Uh, give folks a synopsis of it
0: i know the uh, the fun part of the story is uh, the uh, the mayor of chicago coming out and accusing <laughs> uber of, of paying bribes basically to to uh, to black ministers mm-hmm. which uber says no that's not uh, what we're doing you're you're d- taking a a number we we offered 54 million and where you're confusing that they they said they had a, a tax plan that would mean that money for the city not for the black ministers right. so there was a you know, big controversy over that but what we got is uh, two competing proposals mm-hmm. over taxing ride shares in the city of chicago mayor's got her plan uh where she wants to raise about 40 million uber uh, 40 million a year 40 million a year. Uh, ongoing yeah. basis mm-hmm. okay go ahead and uh, the mayor, or uh, Uber, is uh, coming back uh, with, uh, with its own version. First, they, uh, they're, they're starting to solicit riders in, as uh, being kind of a lobbying force. You're going to get a receipt that says, uh, you know, your, your, your taxes might be going up. Here's what you can do about it. Uh, so they're, they're, they're trying to uh, enlist uh, the average person who uses Uber in uh, this fight. But they're also... Uh, they, they've come back to the uh, to the city with uh, their own taxing proposal that they claim is more fair and uh, does more to combat congestion uh, it, as well. Now, this is all getting to be as clear as mud, you know, because uh, everything is. Uh, Uh, You know, there's so many exceptions, so many rules, so many zones. Are you in a high congestion area? Are you in a low congestion? You know, are you transit starved or not? You know, it's really starting to get muddy. Um, But what uh, what it comes down to is uh, Uber is saying uh, you could raise more revenue, tax poor people less for their rides... Uh, by expanding the, the definition of downtown congested Chicago to cover more the, the near northwest side, you know, think of Logan Square and the like, going up into Lincoln Park and, and uh, Lakeview. Mm-hmm. If you expand that, they, they say the city could derive more money and uh, do it more fairly. Um, the, the mayor is standing pretty fast against this, uh, and uh, just uh, just wants to uh, kick it uh, off the boards. I, it seems like Uber in, in some way did something to really tick her <laughs> off because, man, yeah, you know, she's uh, you know, she's on it, boy, she's after her, and and but uh, um, so it's uh, they th- these uh, two groups, you know, they they're uh, they're having trouble getting together well, on this, well,
1: all right? Now, I I dutifully read uh, the coverage of it, including your article and Fran's article, and I came away confused. You're right. It's clear as mud because there's something, uh, it just is counterintuitive. So effectively, the mayor is saying... I'm going to slap a tax on ride shares to raise more money for the city desperately needs money and also to discourage people from going solo in a car uh, in a congested area like the downtown. Uh, That would mean less traffic, more people take public transportation, so it's better for the environment, et cetera, and so forth. makes all the sense in the world. Then Uber comes back with their counter proposal, which essentially raises, they claim raises more money than the mayor says. So it makes absolutely no this is where it's counterintuitive yeah. why would a rideshare company propose a uh, a substitute to the mayor's proposal that would tax its riders even more than the mayor's offering the tax
0: oh because they're such good citizens at heart <laughs> yeah. you know they understand the, the grievous problems of our uh, of our city and they're trying to uh, help <laughs> address it in a, in a targeted way or you know looking at it from a more of a Machiavellian point of view maybe they're just trying to confuse the issue and kill the whole thing too uh, this uh, this is a, a company that has uh, been very aggressive in his deal in its dealings with the, the city mm-hmm. I mean recall how they you know they go in and they uh, they went into O'Hare without any kind of an authorization to you know pick up passengers there and anything mm-hmm. like that they also, say part of their additional money that they say they could raise comes from taxing the taxi drivers uh, to the taxi services. They want the rules to apply to uh, taxis as well. And that opens up you know, a, a whole other set of issues as, as well. So lots of things going on here. It is not the highest priority for aldermen as they're dealing with the, uh, the mayor's budget. However, Uber is uh, making the rounds, trying to get uh, more uh, aldermanic support on this. And I think that may be one thing that may be just angering uh, the mayor more than uh, anything else, too. Mm-hmm. So there's, a, there's clearly a lot of rancor there.
1: Well, there, uh, whether you believe Uber or not, and um, it's, it's, uh, this is going to uh, sound strange coming for me, Dave. I've been so critical of Chicago mayors for many years. Uh, on this issue... My impulse is to believe the mayor over the rideshare industry. Just saying. That's just my impulse. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I
0: will say. You do have to remember, though, at least the rideshare industry has the data. I mean, you know, what's a, what are all these tech companies about? They're about data. That is true. So uh, they uh, they may have some of that uh, in their corner as they say, hey, look, this uh, th- this could work. Uh, you got to make a lot of assumptions about demand, you know, when taxes go up and, and so forth. But uh, they they also say, uh, look, we're not here to you know hurt the CTA. Um, they they cite experience in New York, uh, saying we know that when when transit works well, people will use it. Uh, they will they will use it as opposed to our service too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now they say they're fine with that. Uh, they're they're fine with their service uh, being offered as a, as an adjunct to public transportation, uh, so that's where we are with this okay. right now. But Our the relationship isn't very good. Isn't with very City good,
1: home. and uh, why it's so important to uh, Mayor Lightfoot, among other things is that she needs those proceeds part of balancing her budget is contingent on getting money from this new tax that's why it's important uh, so we'll be following this one but I, I tell you what i was smiling when i was reading that story you and fran wrote today i was like this doesn't pass the smell test oh, you know what i'm oh, saying yeah i <laughs> this I'm, I'm trying to make sense of it thinking, whoa, whoa oh man whoa. that was the other thing i was thinking thank god i don't have to write this thing because mm-hmm. you to have edit, you know you write a story and then you, you quote the various people and my editor We'll go, this doesn't make any sense. Well, I would think, Why are you bugging me about it? It's not my fault. I'm just mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> um, but <laughs> uh, anyway, so that's the Uber story. We're following that one. We'll see how it goes. Uh, all right. The other big story you had uh, recently, and this was a very interesting take on development in the city of Chicago, it had to do with a, uh, a, a development deal that was going on in Pilsen, uh, just southwest of the Loop. And the conventional uh, way of behaving by developers in the city of Chicago for as long as I can remember, and I've been following these things since the 80s, is that when you have a development deal, you are, uh, are an idea for a project, uh, you go to the alderman in whose ward the development deal will go down just almost as a courtesy. He or she is the elected official, uh, and many of them have their own little processes set up to govern and have uh, the public get an opportunity to listen and hear. So it's like it's a courtesy. Uh, You share your proposal with the alderman, and then you allow the alderman to set up public meetings on it. That's Mm -hmm. sort of the conventional wisdom. There's a development deal that uh, you broke the story on I found fascinating an alderman i mean a developer in pilsen has decided he's going to bypass uh yes <laughs> the local alderman. so give yeah. us some of the details
0: bypassing the alderman bypassing community groups they just uh dropped this on uh, the uh the city council and uh, what was interesting, too, was they, they didn't even uh, have an informal sit-down, as I understand it, with the the planning department, which wow. y- uh, usually happens as well before something of this complexity. It's uh, several acres that are empty. Uh, a developer out of New York wants to uh, put in about 450 uh, units in a, a complex of buildings. This obviously raises a lot of concerns in, in Pilson where gentrification uh, has been an issue, Mm -hmm. and uh, there have been uh, uh, issues, controversies over that property going back a few years uh, to the Solis, the Alderman Solis days. Uh, Solis, uh, when the developer several years ago tried to get something of of that type built there, he changed the zoning to industrial. (laughs) So you basically couldn't do anything right. unless you came back to the alderman's office. Now, Solis has since had his problems. He's, yeah, yeah, he's, <laughs> putting it mildly. Yeah, he's uh, off. Uh, I don't know where yeah, he he's is.
1: Witness protection. He was the one where Danny Solis was the one wearing the wire on Ed Burke. And, uh, mm-hmm. But if he's moved on, go yes. ahead.
0: Um, <laughs> so uh, So now the, the the developer, without consulting anybody, has, uh, has dropped this uh, as, a, as a proposal, and um, uh, Carlos Ballesteros, the reporter with whom I, I, I wrote the story, we were trying to think, you know, what what was the possible motive here for them doing this? Uh, we were thinking maybe they want to test uh, the, uh, the mayoral push against aldermanic prerogative in, in zoning, uh, which is where aldermen essentially have final control, final mm-hmm. say over zoning in their wards. Maybe they're, they're hoping to use this as a, as a test case. Um, maybe they think their proposal is just going to be so, so wow, so fascinating that people are going to uh, rise up in the streets and, and applaud it. Uh, <laughs> I don't know uh, yeah. what they're because they're, the uh, everything else about this uh, just seems so counterproductive. Uh, uh, the uh, The alderman there was uh, was blindsided. Uh, Byron can, Sixo
1: Lopez. Yeah, yeah. Byron.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, and. Uh, he, uh, you know, the, the community groups as well have not been uh, consulted. It's a, it's a massive, massive housing proposal, and so it's going to be, you know, a big concern in the neighborhood. There's also a, a pretty sizable uh, retail uh, component to it as, uh, as well, uh, a huge site. Uh, so uh, that, that's going to say uh, a lot about kind of the direction that East Pilsen is, uh, is going to be going. Um, so there's going to be a lot of focus. It's on
1: roughly, this. it's 18th Street and how? what's the cross And about street?
0: Peoria, Peoria which is uh, you know,
1: a little uh, little west of Halstead. A little west know? of Halstead, yeah. And so this is a rapidly gentrifying area for all the listeners who are not that familiar with the southwest, southwest side of Chicago or the near southwest of Chicago. This is a rapidly gentrifying area uh, that for many years has been largely Mexican-American. Uh, and uh, we're seeing a lot of development in and around that area. Uh, yeah, this is an interesting thing, uh, D- D- Dave. I don't know what your opinion is about automated prerogative. Uh, I've been largely crusading around the point that this is my humble opinion, uh, that it's a made-up issue. Uh, it's not... It, it, it if, When I think of all the serious problems that the city of Chicago is facing, I wouldn't even put Alderman in a prerogative uh, in the top 20. Uh, and that furthermore, I would argue that it, and this is fun again coming from me. I've been so critical of city Alderman, but that they are the very people that you would turn to to oversee a process of local development because they are the most local of local officials so if you want to have anything resembling like new england style democracy that would be where you would go now i'm not saying they should automatically have the final say they don't have the final say i could give you three examples where the mayor overruled the local alderman and the city council followed the most the biggest one being and it's one that you and i both covered was when uh, mayor daly wanted to force the uh, children's music children's Museum, in the fun. grand park mm-hmm. and brendan riley up against it, and he was voted down mm-hmm. by his fellow aldermen who t- did not take the strong stand with them on aldermanic prerogative. So I think mm-hmm. it's a totally made up issue, uh, but even if you say, well, Ben, you're wrong, that it's a very serious, important issue, you still have to give the respect to the local Ex- people. Exactly.
0: Well, you know, my uh, my whole feeling about, uh, about aldermanic prerogative is, if you're going to do away with it, what are you going to replace it with? You know, do you replace it with a bunch of unelected downtown bureaucrats telling you what's good for your neighborhood? You know, does do you replace it with uh, the mayor dictating everything? Uh, when people get upset about something that's going to be built, they're going to complain to the alderman and the alderman will be expected to, uh, you know, carry the spear there. Uh, now I know zoning has been like the source for most of the aldermanic corruption that we've seen here over the years so let's you know let's not forget that Mm -hmm. but what do you replace it with yeah Uh, you know the alderman is going to have the key role there in at some level
1: yeah so i think uh, eventually this developer will have to come to the alderman will have to come to the local groups and i hope uh that uh mayor lightfoot uh, you know, it recognizes that. That's, well, at least let's have a local hearing before we bring it downtown to the bureaucrats. Mm-hmm. We'll be following that one. Uh, this may be my favorite column that you wrote. You talk about your Monday columns. And this one ran in early October and I've been waiting to talk to you about it forever. We should post it on our Facebook page. This has to do with your friend <laughs> who moved to Wisconsin and then woke up one day and realized he's, he's retired that they were taxing his retirement benefits in a way that Illinois did not, and it gets to the heart of uh, uh, ongoing discussion and debate that uh, should be driving policy in the state of Illinois. But it's just so—how um, do I put this? It's so biased. The, the conversations are so biased, and that is this: How do tax policies and taxation uh, in Illinois uh, in Illinois impact? Demographics: Are people moving out of the state of Illinois because our taxes are too high? And this has been ongoing argument that the Chicago Tribune's editorial board has been making, that Governor Bruce Rauner made, many of the Republicans in the state make this as they crusade against unions and taxation. And uh, it's sort of like a, the conventional wisdom of people who are right of center that this is a fact. And then it, the, you wrote this delightful column <laughs> by your friend. <laughs> So yes, back okay. up and explain a little okay. more.
0: Well, the, yeah, the, the whole point is that when, you know, when you start comparing taxes in Illinois versus uh, our neighbors, uh, oh yeah, we, we're we're supposed to you know complain we're we're the high tax state, right? We're not always, you know, not by a long shot. My friend who I uh, who I mentioned, yeah, he was a, uh, a retired government employee up in the uh, the northern suburbs. He uh, he wanted to you know hop over into Wisconsin a little more of a country uh, lifestyle and presto he finds his uh, pension being taxed <laughs> whereas it wasn't gonna it wasn't uh, taxed here in Illinois we Illinois is among just a handful of states mm-hmm. that uh, does not tax any form of retirement income. Um, also, uh, its its basic tax rate for many people here would be lower than they might experience in Wisconsin or Indy or uh, or uh, Iowa, and even in Indiana, depending on on where they live exactly. Indiana can it likes to claim it. You know, it's income tax, you know, low flat rate. They're they're the lowest thing. But where they get you mm-hmm. is every county has its own income tax, which adds can add substantially to that amount. So they stick it to you there, and you might end up, you know, losing out on the deal. Wisconsin and Iowa have the graduated income tax rates that Pritzker wants to get here. Mm-hmm. Um, Governor for, Pritzker. Mm-hmm. For... Uh, for most people or, or for people of, you know, middle or higher incomes in Illinois right now, they might find if they, you know, crossed over into those other states, their, their income taxes are higher. So it, it, it's, a, uh, it, it's a muddled uh, picture. Same as the sales taxes. Uh, we have kind of a higher rate, but we exempt so many things. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and other states do not. So uh, people uh, do have to uh, uh, watch this, and I, I can tell you, as someone, you know, kind of approaching that level myself, I've come to appreciate that Illinois ain't a bad place to retire. <laughs> yeah, <You> know, <laughs> Social Security, no, private pensions, no, IRAs, no, they yeah. don't tax any of that. Yeah. You know, so not a bad place.
1: Yeah, yeah. and and uh, the larger story, and one of my favorite themes. As the Illinois, Wisconsin, Iowa, Indiana, Michigan, all of these, every state in the union for that matter, is trying to figure out a way to raise the money they need to pay the bills and the obligations that they have. There are obligations and bills incurred when you have government, when you have common good you know like roads that you travel on pol- uh, police that lock up bad people firefighters put out fires it costs money
0: well you know and do you you, you raise the point earlier do, uh, taxation and does it does it drive people out of the state I think most of the economists other experts who have tried to look at that I think they see, taxation as kind of a you know an, an ancillary issue for some people it it might be the determining thing but for most people is you know can you get a job you know uh, where, where's your family from or where, where are your family ties do you like the winners you know those uh, things like that mm. um, you know if uh, if your industry has you know picked up and moved to Tennessee you're you might be following it as uh, you know as well. Uh, if uh, if you're a tech worker, uh, we've had we had so much job growth in tech here. You know you're uh, you're going to look at coming here. You know these are uh, are the factors that come into play. I think taxation less so. Yeah.
1: You know? uh, well, the, it's funny you should say that before we move on. I have to share this with you. Uh, I bumped into a young woman who uh, I coached many years ago. She was on a kid basketball team that I coached going back to the 90s. She's now grown, has a family of her own, and she was telling me uh, that she th- she lives in Chicago, lifelong resident of Chicago, but she's thinking of moving to Indiana because the taxes are lower. And I was like, oh my God, you sound like someone from the Tribune. And she was like, it's true, it's true. Uh, she has not yet moved, I should say. Uh, but I think that there's this, no, I don't think, I don't know if any of these people who say they're going to leave the state of Illinois have actually researched this situation as much as they they'll get your Mm -hmm. tax statement. Lord knows I've had this reaction, Dave, I get my tax bill from the County and I'm outraged. I usually a column follows. (laughs) That's Mm -hmm. how I deal with it.
0: (laughs) Oh, damn (laughs) taxes!
1: Um, but, uh, yeah, so I, the larger picture of all the different things that influence somebody before he or she leaves the state of Illinois and then what they discovered, this is the beauty of your column. It's like you, you haven't researched it really you just think Mm -hmm. you're going
0: to get a better deal and then Mm -hmm. lo and behold and there are trade-offs to anything yeah you could you could buy a house in munster indiana and your property taxes would be less than what you're paying now probably um but there are trade-offs you got a much longer trip downtown if that's where your job is Mm -hmm. you know uh it uh, so it may not be at, at all as convenient for you you got to weigh that into it as well
1: and i will say this before we move on the state of indiana and my hoosier listeners out there don't get angry at me i'm just saying your roads are terrible okay just saying i've been on those hoosier roads <laughs> man there's nothing but potholes so you know you get what you pay for as my mom used to say you get what you pay for <laughs> do you do not want to dave you do not want to drive uh, along a Hoosier Highway in the middle of a snowstorm. That's something Good, good mm. luck seeing a plow. Um, anyway.
0: Well, you know, I, I I've got one good thing I'd like to say for the uh, on behalf of the state of Indiana. <laughs> okay, they, here we go. <laughs> they they do a nice job with their state parks. My wife and I love to to visit some of them and uh, some of the lodges that they have. I I think they 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 top Illinois in that respect.
1: All right. There you go. Something good. Something bad about the Hoosier State. All right. Hoosiers. Mm. A lot of love for the Hoosier State. By the way, many years ago, Dave Roder probably doesn't know Irish remember this many years ago uh he was the editor of a publication in chicago long since out of business i think it was called chicago Chicago Enterprise. enterprise and you and my dear friend johnny randolph did a story about how long it would take to get from it was like
0: gary airport to downtown remember that story you did that was before I got to the magazine. Oh, that wasn't you? Yeah, that wasn't me. I'm oh, giving was you credit for there. it. But, um, okay, I'll be quiet and I'll take credit take for it. Take credit
1: magazine. for it. It was a great <laughs> story. I think it was you. I thought it was you in the car and testing. I know John, my buddy, took the pictures. And uh, that was the that was when the notion was, uh, like, should Chicago expand the airport at Gary? Uh, the, the idea mm-hmm. being, instead of building a third airport, it just expand the facility at Gary. Oh,
0: remember, Daly was going to put it in Lake Calumet. Yes. He he's going to spend billions. To close down midway and move it a few miles, yes. you know, over to Lake Calumet. Yeah,
1: yeah, and uh, drive the the community of Hegewisch uh, out of existence. Uh, thankfully, I have to give credit to a Republican governor Edgar. I think was the one who torpedoed that plan ultimately, and it never mm-hmm. came to fruition. All right, let's move on. Uh, another big story that you wrote had to do with development deals in Bronzeville, uh, which is just east of Pilsen uh, on the near south side. Uh, Big time uh, plans
0: afoot there. Yeah, there's uh, you, you can almost uh, smell the money cooking. You know, um, <laughs> yeah. It uh, and, and there's uh, there's some interesting players. Uh, you, you got uh, the the big Michael Reese Hospital site, uh, about a hundred acres uh, along. You know, right out right the other side of Lakeshore Drive, uh, that uh, development group uh, called Farpoint has. Mm-hmm. And uh, lo and behold, uh, Farpoint turned up as a, uh, as a buyer of big property right next door to it, which is uh, five high-rises called Prairie Shores, a, a big apartment complex, like 1,600 units. It has always been uh, kind of a community anchor, a sort of an uh, affordable but nice place uh, to live, uh, and, uh, you know, nice lakefront views and, uh, and all of that. They uh, they bought that property, uh, they and they say to they want to control it. They want to make sure it it's going okay, and in concert with whatever's going to be developed at uh, at Michael Reese, um, that uh, that's something that is still in uh, negotiation. The Michael, the, at hmm. the Michael Reese site at the Michael Reese site. This is something still being negotiated. Uh, with the city, there'll probably be a lot of talk about it over the next year or so. Uh, life sciences uh, development, uh, maybe uh, some uh, shipping uh, facilities, uh, some housing, lots of things you could do there. And of course, the uh, you know the neighborhood alderman uh, Sophia King is uh, is being you know very watchful. Uh, there have been suggestions about a casino, which she has shot down she you know she says it's not uh it's not at all uh, suitable for for the history of bronzeville uh so uh right now that is uh that is a dead issue but there's a lot of potential at that uh, lakefront property and if you're ever going to see like development taking off from the south loop out to hyde park that's going to be the uh the, the genesis of this uh, one other thing uh, about this that kind of fascinates me was uh, uh, that Prairie Shores development was uh, owned by the firm uh, Draper and Kramer. Uh, they built it around 1960. Uh, they have another uh, development called Lake Meadows yeah. uh, in the same neighborhood. Draper and Kramer has always been uh, kind of you know close to that area, uh, sort of a an activist. Uh, uh, involved uh, company there. Part of that is uh, the legacy of its uh, former uh, chairman Ferdinand Kramer, mm-hmm. uh, Ferd Kramer. Everybody called him. Uh, he uh, he died some years ago, um, but he was uh, you know kind of a, a visionary a 20th century Chicago. He thought uh, development should serve social interests. He pushed for that. Uh, not everything he did worked out, but it but he at least uh you know pushed in that direction um are they are you know are they backtracking on on bronzeville now are they are, you know are they kind of uh you know pulling out a bit or when you say
1: that you mean Berner- draper and kramer mm-hmm. yeah
0: is uh, is something else going on um they uh, uh they do have a partnership um with uh farpoint development in the michael reese site you know, probably for you know a, a housing component there someday. Uh, so it remains to be seen what kind of role this company will have there that has such a kind of historical uh, legacy in Brownsville.
1: Well, when we talk about development on the, in the city of Chicago as a whole, yeah. but particularly from the Loop South. Michael Reese is key. Uh, and just to go back a little bit, there was a hospital there, Michael Reese Hospital, for years and years and years. Uh, it went out of business, and the city purchased the land. It was going to be the site of the housing complex for the Olympics, the 2016 Olympics, which, of course, the city of Chicago did not get. So the city's has <laughs> owned that site now for over 10 years, I want to say, Dave. Mm-hmm. And um, sitting on the, every major pro, uh, project, uh that uh folks are entertaining for chicago somebody says put it at michael reese uh, casinos lucas museum you know a, a, a president obama library just down the list put it at mm-hmm. michael reese yeah. and for whatever reason whatever the developer i don't want to go to michael reese and this that the other thing and so it sits there undeveloped prime prime real estate because it's right there on the south it, loop on it's the left, just lake.
0: south of mccormick place uh you know you you keep heading south from uh, the old lakeside center uh you know that's uh, that, that's where you're going and uh um you know, of course the, uh, the the lakeside center itself could be you know the subject of uh, of something uh, someday too who mm-hmm. knows uh, uh mccormick place seems to have almost an insatiable attitude to build and, and build and raise taxes for it too mm-hmm. so um so that uh, that 'll be key as well but that uh, that that re-site is pivotal pivotal to the whole near south side and uh and it'll it'll say a lot about uh what happens with uh, with bronzeville uh other it, it could you know be a really big catalyst for some other investment there too
1: by the way since i mentioned casino let's discuss that a little bit i don't know if you had a, if you were the author of today's story in the paper about the casino i can't remember who wrote that story but uh, uh probably
0: what, mitch Armand trout too he, sir.
1: yeah he's been covering the yeah. casinos i uh, you talk about clear as mud <laughs> we were talking about clear as mud uh, in regards to uber's great debate with uh lori lightfoot uh the casino situation in Chicago. In your humble opinion, all right, it's Thursday, uh, November 14th. Will Chicago have a plan for a casino uh, by the end of this calendar year?
0: By the end well, that's a key thing. Uh, the, the timing, um, maybe not. You know you know, kick it over into the next legislative session, maybe. Seventy-two percent tax rate on a Chicago casino. The, the you know the uh, industry experts say it's uh, it's not going to fly. Mm-hmm. Um, so you you cut that back, at, but you you try to find a site where you can build something big and elaborate and appeal to the tourist draw, appeal to the travelers. You don't want to just cannibalize. The other casino business uh, around here, uh, that market is is aging. It's it's uh, it's limited. Uh, there's there's just no uh, no appetite for a big expansion in suburban casino sites. But if you build a big thing in Chicago, you're going to get money that otherwise isn't here to gamble. So.
1: Yeah, yeah. it's interesting because this the casino bill was passed. uh, I forget when it when it went down. this summer, May or whatever. And I was in the at the very end of the session, and most of the legislators I talked to said they didn't even get a chance to read the legislation, but they voted on it anyway. What Uh, else is new? (laughs) Here we are. Fast forward six months. uh, Oops, Oops, the tax rate doesn't work. Yeah, let's go back and redo it. And I get the state saying, "All right, well, you want to cut? You want to cut the tax returns? You take." less chicago and chicago goes no 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 we want to take hmm. more you take less state so then they got well we have this restitution plan lord knows what that yeah. you talk talking about clear as mud dave nobody knows what the rest restitution- and you got the
0: guy from decatur saying oh it's in it for me yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like i would if i had to put
1: money in vegas okay and i'm a reformed gambler as dennis knows i'm really trying correct. uh thank you uh muller i do not gamble anymore i realize that it'll drive me to ruin <laughs> but if i had to put money in vegas i would say no deal will be reached by the end of this calendar year that's my prediction got, let's get a prediction i'll from go you. along with you, you. go along yeah, all right I money all, all right yes. do, you, do you go put the money down for us all right <laughs> on it all right. okay all right we're coming to the end of our segment let me just ask you uh, what is your favorite story that you've written in the last few weeks or so dave that you want to talk about
0: you know, I, despite all the writing about uh, development that I do, I, I, I do like the environment. I do like, uh, you know, green, sustainable things. There's something really cool going in. In uh, it, it is open now in Pullman, of, of all places, a 100,000 square foot greenhouse uh, by this company called Gotham Greens. They use all this technology to maximize the, the growth of their, their salad greens, and they're shipping this to, to Whole Foods and Jewel and, uh, and to restaurants, and they, they seem to have a really good, sustainable business. It's a cool place. Um, with their expansion, they're going to employ about 100 people there. They have an existing greenhouse that they built on top of somebody else's factory, on, on the roof wow. uh, of the, uh, the Method uh, Company's soap uh, factory there. Um, and so this is, a, this is a big expansion for the whole Midwest. It delivers uh, fresh produce to people faster. Really a nice project.
1: So. And uh, which ward do you know is it the ninth or the tenth? That's ward? the ninth ward. Ninth ward, all right. City something good for the city of Chicago, right? You know, I'm always moaning and groaning, complaining about things. Let's end on a positive. Hey, something good, some good development in the city of Chicago. Uh, Dave Roter, thank you very much. We've called this the Rotor Report. We have regular routine uh, visits from Ramana Hussein, at the bright one. Andy Grimm comes in to talk about criminal justice issues all the time. Young Thomas Shuba comes in to talk about reefer. We're gonna do a regular thing with Dave Roter, the Rotor Report, Development and Labor News uh in the city. How about that? You got it. All right, Thanks. very good. Thank you so much, Dave Roder. It's another This has been the Rotor Report. <laughs> God give that man a raise. <laughs> Take care, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>